Welcome back, everyone. I am with Carissa Godwin, who is ready to have this baby, mm-hmm. but just not here. Not here. <laughs> this nameless baby. But uh, Carissa, we're going to dig into your garden. But first, Carissa has agreed to tag team repping something with me. Uh, we're going to tell you about the Made in the Image of God challenge. What is the Made in the Image of God challenge? Great question, Laura. Thank you. It is a challenge issued by the Maker Institute, which is a upcoming project school of about art and theology and theology and the idea is to get a million people yes to draw a self-portrait and post it and declare that we are all made in the image of god yes so if that interests you at all you can go to we are a cloud of witnesses.com and on there you'll find uh, more information about what this is all about and even a how-to video if you want to draw your face and don't know how and there's a couple of reasons why the maker institute wants to issue this challenge first of all we want to be an institution that is around for a long time and uh, everything runs downstream uh, from culture making so We want to be an institution that creates good culture that lasts, and we need support to kick that off the ground. But second of all, um, this world in 2023 uh, desperately needs to hear the message that God is our creator and we are made in his image. So better than Carissa or me, (laughs) (laughs) she's looking at me funny, or any other image bearer to declare that and to say, I am made in the image of God. Again, it I'll just tag that in the show notes. Uh, we are a cloudofwitnesses.com, and I hope that you do that. Spend the time looking at your face, the face that God loves, the face that God poured his image out onto and died to save, and um, just give it a go. So with that, um, are you going to do it, Krissa? I will try. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Good. Let's play some games. Okay. All right. The first one is... Would you rather? Okay. Have you played this before? Um, probably. Probably. Okay. <clears throat> the first one is, would you rather spend the whole day sleeping in or never going to bed at all? Oh, no. Probably never going to bed. Would you rather decorate a cake or decorate a room? A cake. Would you rather snack on candy or pretzels? Oh, pretzels. Would you rather learn how to make your own pottery or weave your own cloth? Hmm. I feel like weaving my own cloth would save money. So, (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather wear a hoop skirt or a flapper dress? Oh, a hoop skirt. Would you rather teach an English class or a math class? English class. (laughs) Would you rather speak every human language or talk to animals? Every human language. Would you rather ride in a hot air balloon or a submarine? Hot air balloon. Or go to outer space? If the hot air balloon could take me to outer space, (laughs) I'll go. Would you rather bike or roller skate? Probably bike. Would you rather sew a skirt or knit a scarf? Oh, man. Uh, I guess sew a skirt. Would you rather paint a picture or take a photograph? Take a photograph. Would you rather watch TV or listen to music? Music. Would you rather play an instrument or sing in a choir? Choir. Fun. Yes. (laughs) Would you in the front solo? Oh, no. (laughs) Somewhere deep in the alto section. (laughs) I can definitely see you wearing a robe and like swaying back and forth. Okay, would you rather eat cereal for dinner or burger and fries for breakfast? Uh, cereal for dinner. Would you rather hike up a mountain or ski down a mountain? Ski down a mountain. Learn a soccer kick, which you know how to do, or a karate kick. It'd be fun to learn a karate kick. 
Would you rather wear a shirt with a hole or a stain? <laughs> Probably a stain. <laughs> <laughs> Who made this up? Would you rather um, clean your room once a day or once a month? Once a day. Eat pizza or tacos? Ooh, probably. That's really hard. A taco pizza. <laughs> I was say, I'm feeling pizza for you. I, I do. Why. I do love pizza. Would you rather camp or go to the amusement park? Camp. Uh, live in ancient Egypt or ancient Greece? Oof. Uh, probably ancient Greece. Although I should back up and say you are like the first adult I've like ridden on a like serious roller coaster with. Oh yeah, I do. do you remember that? I do. I do. And like I almost died, <laughs> and you were fine. It was hilarious. <laughs> no, I promise. I almost died. Um, would you rather brush your teeth with a twig or use the same bath water as your family? I would rather brush my teeth <laughs> with a twig. <laughs> would you like to always wear tank tops or long sleeves? Long sleeves. Drive through the mountains or along the coast? Ooh, probably the mountains. And last but not least, plant a flower garden or arrange a bouquet. Plant a flower garden. Okay. So now we're going to play the game with no name. Okay. Just like my child. Just like your sweet boy. <laughs> <laughs> he will have one. The Lord knows his Please name. Please send ideas. <laughs> the Lord knows. Five minutes. No okay. name game. Do you journal? Yes. How often? Uh, when I'm emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Current podcast listen. Proverbial is one I listen to every week. Ooh, what's yeah. it about? It's uh, by a teacher at Veritas, and he just reads a proverb, like ancient Greece or something, and then just talks about it. Ooh, cool. It's interesting. Pet peeve. Oh, my goodness. People who wave you through in a traffic <laughs> situation when they have the right of way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just go and it's your turn. <laughs> Do you have any home edit projects? Home edit projects? Yeah. Like, I'm going to... Hang a curtain rod there or oh. change the doorknob. Yes, currently we're in nesting mode, so it's clean out the freezer oh, good and one. vacuum the cabinets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite recent memory? Uh, Easter was a great recent memory. Just hanging out with everyone. Yes. Um, what was a recent problem you solved? Probably calling the mechanic because our check engine light was on <laughs> and trying to figure that out. Okay, top vacation this year. Uh, this year, I don't know if we'll get any vacations. We'll hopefully go. We went to Galax, Virginia last year, and we would like to go back again. Is so. that mountains? or mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, they have a fiddler festival that we really want to go to. Okay. Yes. Let us know. Do you have a hero? Um, probably either my dad or my grandma. Heroes of teaching me the faith, I guess. Okay. What is something in your life more challenging than you expected? <laughs> everything <laughs> probably motherhood staying at home um what book do you want more people to read Ooh, uh till we have faces by c.s lewis oh man That's okay <laughs> what is the last skill you learned probably something in the kitchen i like to try new recipes is there any human that changed the course of your life oh man uh, yes for sure but probably cody is the number one. Oh. <laughs> Let's just pause for a minute there. Okay. Do you have a useless talent? I can uh, multiply by nine really fast. Ooh. If we're only going up to 10. <laughs> nine <Handy>. times 10. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm done. Don't do 11, people. I, no I can 11. probably handle 11, but 12 is too much. Okay. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, or just a good one. I don't know. Anytime someone has said that I'm being a good friend is always a good compliment. What is something you are passionate about? Uh, education. Well, whose education? 
Oh, everyone. <laughs> Currently, my children. <laughs> what is a uh, book or resource that has influenced you? Actually, the book that you recommended, Teaching from Rest, was really influential oh, yeah. over the summer. Um, is there a lie of the enemy you tend to believe? Oh, yes. A lot of them, probably. Um, but the one that probably hits me the most often is, well, I did everything right, so everything should be going right for me. Yeah. Yeah. Say two words that describe you. Very tired. <laughs> I'm so That's sorry. just right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy. Do you collect anything? I used to collect teacups from all the countries I traveled to. Yes, and they're beautiful. Yeah. They're, I love looking at them. Two musicians on your playlist or CD player. Let's see. I don't know why Beethoven comes to mind. That's so nerdy, but I just was listening to Beethoven. <laughs> and, and that then... reminds me of your son. So you probably also have Tchaikovsky. Oh, right? yes, yes. Anything that the kids listen to. Um, Go to breakfast. Probably a bagel sandwich. With meat? Oh, yeah, bacon, sausage. Um, If I ran into you at a restaurant, where would I find you? Probably at a pizza place with the kids or somewhere. Somewhere. (laughs) It would definitely be somewhere. What was your last meal? Um, It was some frozen pizza. (laughs) (laughs) It was real classy. What are you reading right now? Uh, Agnes Gray. Sort of. I lost my book, unfortunately, but if I find it, I will finish. Okay. Gray. Do you like it? Yeah. Is there anything people sometimes misunderstand about you? Probably the number one is people thinking that I'm angry, but it's just my face. I'm normally not angry. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to find one more. What about what is something people typically don't know about you? Maybe that I like to write a lot. I don't know how much I talk about that or mm-hmm. that I used to twirl flags and color guard. <laughs> That's so satisfying. Okay. Yes, it is very satisfying. Now we're moving (coughs) on to the reflection time. Okay. Your current garden. So where do you live, Krista? I live in Richmond, in Northside, just about a mile up the road from you. Yes. And how long have you been living here? I've been there about six years. Time flies. Yeah, I was pregnant with Alexander when we moved in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's in your household? Uh, Cody, and then my five-year-old Alexander, my two-year-old Beatrice, and me, and some chickens. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we count the chickens as part of the household, but they are there. They are. All right. And then you said how you got to remnant somehow. Oh, yeah. So we talked about how the Simpsons were building a house next door to the house I lived in. Mm -hmm. And they probably invited me to come. And I thought, well, they don't seem that crazy I really wanted to go to a church I could walk to because I had been living in the middle of a European city and walking everywhere and I was tired of driving Mm -hmm. and at the time the downtown location was a walking distance so I was like well I'll just go there until I hear some heresy you consider that walking distance (laughs) it's just like 33rd to 19th wow so (laughs) I would never did your roommate go with you by chance no she attended a different church and I went with her a couple of weeks but it was about a 20 minute drive and I was just so tired of driving okay do do you remember why you stayed or at remnant yeah yeah I just decided to stay until I heard something that was contrary to scripture okay as I thought I mean you're not ever going to find a place that it's not about finding something that's perfect you Mm -hmm. know and 
not that there's just crazy imperfections everywhere, but (laughs) I think because I'd had a lot of different church experiences being overseas, I didn't have a particular, I didn't have to go to a church that was like a typical American. I was Mm -hmm. open to a different expression. Yeah. And I really appreciated that I felt like someone had really taken some time to think through like the liturgy and order of service at Remnant. And even if it was just new to me, I was like, wow, someone actually thought about Mm -hmm. the songs we're singing and how things are happening. Mm -hmm. And that was cool. It wasn't just your kind of, I don't know, traditional. We just do this because we do it and we don't know why. Mm -hmm. I felt like people actually knew why they were doing things, which I appreciated. Yeah. Whose community group did you start in? I think I attended a couple, but I ended up going to the Simpsons group because it was next door <laughs> to my house. <laughs> that and would you, be weird if you're like, mm, you just can't get more convenient than that. Mm-hmm. Which was funny because Cody was at your group and you guys were next door to him. That's right. And that was a big um, point of debate in our dating relationship. Which community group? Which community group to go to? Yeah. And who won? <laughs> I ended up at y'all's community yes, group after did. we were engaged and the Simpsons told me I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're going to love me for this. I'm going to mix it up. Do you mind if we start with your training and pruning section? <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, that was I easy. Guess. Okay. So I'm just going to jump into sort of the part where it's like you're probably not loving what God is doing because it doesn't feel so good, but you know it's good because scripture says it's good. So what is God um, What is God doing in your life right now? Well, we are on the eve of having a baby. Yeah, literally maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we talked earlier, I didn't really ever see myself getting married and I especially never saw myself having children. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to have number three, which is three more children than I ever thought I would have as a young adult. I don't, I think when I was pregnant with Alexander, I sort of, I, I tend to struggle with just undue confidence. I'm very confident for no reason. Yeah. Uh, So I was like, I'm going to probably be the best mom ever and the best stay at home homemaker ever. And then when it actually came down to it, I really did not enjoy it. So it was is such a huge adjustment that mm-hmm. first year and it is always a big adjustment adding any new person but the first year of a baby's life is just not really something that I look forward to apart from getting to know like the person yeah that God has given us but it's a lot and so you don't was it like Beatrice and Alexander's first year pretty different they were for Alexander it was a lot because I was adjusting to staying at home full time and mm-hmm. just everything about my life changing. So I I didn't think that I had a lot of my identity in being a teacher because I wasn't like this career driven, I've got to work my way up the English teacher ladder <laughs> or something. <laughs> but I don't know, you, teaching is a very dynamic, people facing job and mm-hmm. staying at home with a baby is a very quiet still job and no eyes are on you except the lord's yes (laughs) well that was something i even remember talking with cody about you know we try to have a habit of confessing sin and praying for each other regularly and i would say i don't even know i'm sure that i've sinned but i don't even (laughs) know what i've done because i just sat quietly all day Mm. alexander was the most relaxed fat happy baby he did not (laughs) need anything from me he just sat there giggling 
And so I just didn't do, I was used to always being so busy mm-hmm. and then it just stopped. Beatrice was a lot easier of an adjustment because I was already, I didn't have to readjust to being at home. I didn't have to readjust to being a mom. I had an older kid, but both times I had a really difficult experience with postpartum depression. Mm. Uh, with Alexander, I just didn't know what it was. I just thought I hated everything and that mm-hmm. I could see demons <laughs> in our house and yeah. I just didn't know what was happening. It was horrible. And then with Beatrice, I had words for it, but it was, I still had to experience it. So I had like a full psychosis episode both times and not sleeping and yeah, depression with Beatrice. I struggled with a lot of rage, which was very confusing Mm -hmm. because I'm not an overtly angry person, but I was so angry about everything. So I had that whole, both of their first years are pretty dark memories for me because Mm -hmm. I I have pictures of like me with the kids and they're smiling and they're cute. I'm really thankful for that. But my memories are just being really, it's really difficult times. Yeah. So we're, we hadn't really planned on having any more after that second experience because it was okay. um, just such a difficult time for our family. And I don't know if the Lord <laughs> had other plans. So mm-hmm. we're having number three and I'm sort of trying to prepare my heart for what it looks like to be held fast in Jesus, even if my brain has a trouble like believing that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you process this? Do you process it as God's taking you through something that is hard or something that you don't love that he's that He's going to teach you to love or I don't know? Um, I guess it's both. I don't know. I definitely, I feel like my prayer in the past year has been okay Lord, I don't naturally love these tasks that you've given me to do, but I love you and Mm. you love me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know these things are objectively good. Like it's, we've uh, meditated a lot on a family, uh, as a family on um, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works and that God has given us good works to do. Mm. And, um, So I pray a lot, okay, Lord, let me trust that what's in front of me is a good work from you, from a good God. And I think this year specifically, my prayer has been that the Lord will bring joy and obedience because we've done, you know, a lot of things. (laughs) Having another baby has been a step of obedience. And like homeschooling is not really something that I am super excited about naturally, but Mm -hmm. I have prayed daily okay, Lord, today bring joy and obedience. And yeah, I don't know. He's been faithful. Well, joy and obedience is definitely a possibility if you aren't just like, uh, how do I say this? Doing religion. (laughs) Yeah. If you actually have faith and trust in the Lord, then you can expect what he promises, which is going to be, which is joy and obedience. And um, yeah, I'll be praying for that for you. And so you, you mentioned in your notes, being stuck. Yes. How does having a baby make you stuck? Well, there's just the physical aspect of it takes an hour extra to leave the house when you have an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have nap times and, you know, you sort of have to balance what's most loving for my children versus what do I want to do? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think, you know, we talked earlier about how unrooted I felt most of my life like I just kind of always wanted to float around and travel and 
never be still. And so God has given me three little reasons to be very still mm. and like in one community, in one house, um, at the kitchen table most of the time because yeah. <laughs> we're balancing, you know, all the cooking and cleaning with homeschooling. We have a very small space, so it all happens in one of two rooms our yeah. whole life. <laughs> and yeah, so I can feel pretty stuck with a newborn when you're having to do nap times and nursing and all of that. Mm-hmm. And you also, I was surprised and encouraged, or you recently told me like you and Cody aren't necessarily even looking for another house. No. Even though your family's growing and you did mention your house is pretty... <laughs> It's small. It's small. Yeah. It's small. Praise God. I uh, am so thankful because it's obviously not the easiest thing right now to find a house. And so I'm thankful that the Lord gave us what he gave us. I think there are temptations to feel, I don't know, coveting of other people's spaces. But overall, I think the Lord has been really gracious to bring just a lot of joy in the space that we're in and say, okay, we'll just, whatever God has given us, we're just going to try to be faithful with it today. Mm -hmm. So if he gave us one living room with one couch, we're mm-hmm. just going to praise him for the one couch and be faithful with it and have as many people sit on it as we can. Yeah. And that's looked different as our friends' families have gotten bigger and mm-hmm. we can't necessarily invite 25 people over at one time. But but you can in your backyard. We can. We have a great backyard. Come on over. We yeah. Have a fire pit. <laughs> well, there's a point where you guys didn't even have air conditioning. Yeah. And I actually have not felt like too different when I come to your house. It's still the same welcoming space with air conditioning and without. <laughs> it's still probably more comfortable for you. It was. I went through two pregnancies uh, in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> there. We hosted group with that uh, nice window AC unit. Yep. But it it provi- provided some challenges. Like I would, if we were having people over for dinner in the summer, I would cook dinner at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> and okay. then just heat it up because it was it was so hot in our kitchen. We had no AC and the sun was just beating there. Mm-hmm. I am thankful for the addition of the central AC. Yeah. Well, I'm That's just saying how as your guests, you always made me and my family feel so welcome. And we didn't even think about probably something that you as a host were probably super aware of. And we love going to your house. Um, thank you for always having us. Yes. <laughs> All the time. And ha- uh, yeah, we need to do pizza or something. Um, so there's something that you said in your notes that like brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) So you made this beautiful statement about dark soil and you wrote about deep wounds that you've had, I guess, would it be in those early years of having the babies and you wrote dark soil produces good fruit. Can you please share about that? Oh, yeah. I think I also wrote something about that in my closing statement. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so I I think I was reflecting on how dark those times of depression felt, um, especially since I didn't really grow up in a very emotional household. So okay. I, I learned as a kid it was really important to control my emotions and just kind of not experience them. Like I thought any emotional shift was just sinful Mm. and so I didn't have a good grasp that emotions could be basically anything other than the product of our flesh Um, and so I was very it was yeah it just felt so dark and difficult to go through a time where I could not control my thoughts and emotions like they are just everywhere that I didn't want them to be all the time I felt really abandoned because it I don't know I I guess you just, 
I assume, well, if I'm calling out to God for deliverance, I should experience it immediately in the way that I want to. And that's not always the case. God doesn't deliver us the way that we demand (laughs) that he does Mm -hmm. um, and the timing that we demand. And so I think experiencing a time where I just felt really captive by my own brain and not experiencing immediate deliverance or immediate relief in the way I wanted to was just so frustrating and angering. And it wasn't, I think I was thinking about a story that I was writing maybe, and I just had the thought that, wow, it was in, like the seed can't produce fruit just like laying in the sun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, there's something about the death and darkness of the soil that is what allows the plant to do its plant thing and become, I don't know, become a fruit or a flower or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've, we have been reflecting on that as a family <laughs> and just trying to remember we might experience this period of darkness again, but I really want to cling to the truth that Jesus is at work when I can't see it. And I don't have to have immediate satisfaction of seeing him work to know that he is at work. I thought it was really beautiful how you are preparing to trust the Lord. And so moving in your watering section, just what is this active intending? What are your prayers um, for this? What are you stewarding? Um, well, <laughs> I this year I've been really convicted to just be like to go smaller and smaller and smaller. So I tend to kind of always assume that I know what's best and I know what's up and I don't really need help from anyone and mm-hmm. I'm not going to like take advice from anyone <laughs> because you know of course I know and I just have realized I think especially after the postpartum time with Beatrice how weak I am mm-hmm. and not I don't want to say I'm trying to embrace my weakness in some sort of weird <laughs> way but just embrace that God made me who he made me and he knows yeah. my frame and he gave me the weaknesses and the tendencies that he did. Um, and so I've been really praying for just to humbly receive wisdom from other people and sources that maybe in the past I would have felt like, oh, I'm I'm too good to do a devotional book. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, just let me do a devotional book where I just really focus on something so small that God mm. might have to teach me. Um, I've really been praying for joy in obedience to just be to know this feels hard but that doesn't mean that I'm I don't know I it can feel hard and it still be good mm-hmm. is a very hard concept <laughs> what is that uh, the verse mean to you for the joy set before him he endured the cross my goodness yes <laughs> <laughs> I remember um coming across that after Alexander was born and that was a real meditation moment for me at some point where I was like oh oh, well it sounds really dramatic to say having a baby is like enduring the cross (laughs) because it's not the same but it felt like a death to me Mm -hmm. and so thinking okay well what that's crazy I don't know it's crazy actually to meditate on the fact that Christ suffered (laughs) yeah and that suffering is what produced our salvation um, there's something, I don't, for me at least, a really visceral connection between Christ's suffering and the suffering of childbirth and child mm-hmm. rearing. That it's Christ's suffering allows us to have new life mm-hmm. in sort of a similar way to suffering through whatever mm-hmm. I suffer through in the next year. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will be joyful. But whatever suffering we have endured as 
mothers, like they were ushering a new life into the world in a similar fashion. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something there, maybe. But I think I was actually pretty offended. (laughs) Maybe Cody read that verse to me. I was like, (laughs) please stop reading the Bible to me. Because it is, it's, I don't know why I feel like I I was talking with someone recently about my experience going on the mission field and Mm -hmm. how I was hyped to die for Jesus or be in prison or something. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, being a a really true Christian means I'm going to give up everything and move overseas and be thrown in jail for being a Christian. I'm ready, but I'm not ready to just joyfully wash the dishes for Jesus every day or take out the trash or read another book to my kid. And I don't know, I have a, I've had such a hard time wrapping my brain around small acts of daily faithfulness and that sort of just daily humility of following Christ Mm -hmm. is beautiful in a way that is different from going out with a bang (laughs) in a foreign country. So what would be an example of maybe a prayer that you're praying? Um, Jesus have mercy on me (laughs) is (laughs) truly a common one. Uh, in my mind just yes and praying Lord please give me joy in the job you've given me to do today Mm -hmm. I have tried to make a habit of really stopping when I sit down to do my scripture reading and devotions in the morning I've just used to listen or read really quickly and now I'm stopping and saying okay Lord what do you have for me today that I can receive humbly Mm -hmm. and if I read one thing I actually am trying to come back and meditate on it later in the day so that I can, I don't know, just try to receive wisdom from the Lord Yeah. <laughs> instead of being kind of haughty about it. So as you talk about receiving uh, wisdom from the Lord or even just from a friend <clears throat> and a, possibly <clears throat> even Cody, just to like peel back the reality. And of course, this might not be you in the near future and it might not be you three weeks ago, but for Krissa right now, like what does it mean to receive wisdom do you usually react like you just said like uh or are you starting to get to the point where you can receive something on the spot yeah my tendency is to start to argue about why someone is wrong (laughs) yeah um even if they're not wrong i just would like to argue with you so that is probably i'm especially prone to doing that with cody because we have so many conversations but if someone you know a friend will recommend a book And if I start reading it, I'm like, well, let me argue with the finer points of theology in this Mm -hmm. book. And my margins are all filled up with my notes. Mm. So instead of just being able... So lately, my goal has been to, instead of argue with everyone about everything, or have to explain, well, I kind of liked that, but the reasons why I didn't totally agree were the following outline that I have created. Instead of doing that, I'm just trying to say, wow, the Lord Mm. can use this and I can be humble Mm -hmm. and I can just be humble. Mm -hmm. I don't have to try to be clever or be smart Mm -hmm. (laughs) or argue. I can just receive. Uh, So I think practically that's looked like being quiet and not trying to, especially with friends and with my husband, just to listen quietly to what they're saying and praise God. If you read a book that helped you grow closer to Christ, like why do I need to, why do I need to argue with that? Mm -hmm. I can just say praise God and be excited 
that Christ is working in your life and listen to ways that he might be speaking to me through that. That is um, a blessing that you just said that because even something that might be a temptation listening to this podcast would to be thinking that, I don't know, if someone's listening to your story, like somehow processing your story as if it should be their story or like, I don't know, like we just do that automatically, Mm -hmm. I think, process anything through ourselves as if it should be ours instead of, I appreciate what you're saying. Or I think Jess Ponder talked about in her episode as well. It's sort of like, actually, let me just pause and let you be you and hear what's going on with you and not somehow filter it through yeah it's the such, lens of me <laughs> it's such a blessing to yeah. if anytime you get a chance or not you but anytime I get a chance to sort of I don't know peek around the curtain of my mm-hmm. own pride yeah. and see someone else for who they are and the beauty that God is working in their life it's yeah. definitely I don't blessed me in immeasurable ways mm-hmm. I was thinking there's a book Uh, someone a friend gave me an Andrew Peterson book last year and I started reading it and I was like this is not for me (laughs) I was not planning to finish it because it it's very emotional and he talks a lot about nature and I (laughs) full confession I felt the same way about yeah about (laughs) but then I had this real moment I mean I'm assuming it's the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. um just had a thought oh this friend loves me yes and she knows me pretty well. And she gave me this book to be a blessing to me. What if I just read it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what if I just accepted some people are more emotional or they like trees more than I do. And that's great. Mm-hmm. And I can just read this. And it literally changed my life. <laughs> it's a dramatic thing to say about a book that I don't sure. even know if I would read again. But it was such a blessing in that moment. And it was so clear that the Holy Spirit had told me you need to shut up and just receive wisdom from someone else and receive love from someone else Mm. and not try to posture yourself to be in like a superior position. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes even things don't hit you immediately. So who knows somewhere down the road, something that you read in that book might be the gift that God had for you or just praising God that you got to know your friend better because Mm -hmm. what was revealed through the book. Yeah. Even just thankful that someone saw me and took the time to love me. Yeah, I think I've been constantly surprised over the past year as I've really meditated on humility, the ways that God has used things like going to a Bible study, which I wouldn't normally do. (laughs) Even though I love studying the Bible, I tend to just kind of uh, rebuff against like a structured Bible study book for Mm -hmm. some reason especially if it says for women in the title. (laughs) I get real angry when I see those flowers on the front cover of a Bible Mm -hmm. study book. So uh, I think Cody has been a really good encouragement to just, why don't you just go? And if nothing else, you'll be out of the house with friends for an hour. Like, okay. He knows you well. He does. That's always how you can get me out. Say there'll (laughs) be other people there. (laughs) Um, But being able to just actually yeah see what a big blessing it's been to go through Titus for women mm. is that <laughs> yeah. what we're doing now uh right now we've been doing Mark okay also for women but it's still a blessing <laughs> Mark for women yes <laughs> it sounds like a campaign that's great I just want to say really quick that um I mentioned Jess Ponder a second ago and in her episode she said that she was praying for what you're talking about. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that. 
that um, God has heard her prayers and he is moving in our church family to help people to praise God for their own garden and to um, be able to look at other people's gardens and praise God for their differences. Um, yeah. So praise God that Jess has been praying that and I have to believe she's not the only person praying. So um, I don't even remember where we are. You lost oh, me in your conversation. <laughs> I just got so into it. We were in watering. We yes, were in watering. we've been going backwards. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you this. So what are some things, Krista, that you've been taking delight in recently? Ooh, um, play all kinds of things. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've been really delighting. I've been really fo- trying to focus on delighting in my children and just... Tell me something wonderful about them. Oh my goodness. They're hilarious. They're very high energy, which is great because I'm not. They, Alexander, we've been doing kindergarten together and we're just going to go until baby comes and wrap it up there. And he just loves it. Um, And that's been delightful to see. There have been some days just due to the pregnancy, I've been feeling really sick and both of the kids come and literally beg me to do school time. <laughs> I was like, can we please do school time? They love it. And it's just really fun to hear Alexander process. I don't know. The other, we talked a couple weeks ago about the dividing of the Western and Eastern Roman Empire. And he was drawing Cody a map <laughs> of Rome. And I love that little guy. Like, this is the Western Empire and talking about Constantine and he just loves learning facts mm-hmm. and if there's a battle involved he's very excited yeah and beatrice has become she talks so much and she tries to tell stories all the time and we understand you know 80 percent of what she's saying yeah but she's non-stop uh but she's just delightful she's very gotten very affectionate and cuddly and mm-hmm. she just runs up and gives me these big hugs mm-hmm. and runs away i loved her star wars shirt today Oh, yes. Was it Big Brothers? Uh, it was Alexander's. She actually calls it her unicorn shirt oh. because of Boba Fett's like antenna. Okay. She thinks that's a <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> and it's her favorite shirt. And when it's in the wash, she cries Aww. because she wants to wear it every day because it has a unicorn on it. But it is not. And you, I love <laughs> that you didn't correct her. Nope. Or show her a real unicorn. No, no. No. <laughs> Just let it happen. Um, it's also been... You know, I have a lot of hesitations and some fears heading into this baby having season, but Cody is really excited mm-hmm. and that's been very sweet mm-hmm. for us to talk through things and connect and he's just pumped about having another kid in the house. Yeah. Which is sweet. So what are some things to go all the way up to planning? What are some things that you are dreaming about right now in this season? Um well <laughs> I'm, I guess the first thing was school for Alexander and probably doing some preschool with Beatrice. So I'm, because it's an area that I have really dragged my feet to get excited about, Mm -hmm. I'm trying, okay, we're homeschooling. That's what we're doing. That's where God has called me to be obedient in the next foreseeable future. So how can I make it as joyful as possible? Mm -hmm. For you or them? Yes. Oh, (laughs) okay. yes. (laughs) Yes. I want to I don't know how to explain it but I am just kind of a grumpy person so if I don't want to do something like I don't want to be doing homeschool I'm like well I don't want to do this and I don't want to want to do this Mm -hmm. so I've been trying to pray that the Lord will um, 
forgive me for my grumpiness and that instead of I will just be okay being excited about something and receiving joy. So we, yeah, I've been starting to plan and think about how can we incorporate good routines over the summer that will not be the same as school necessarily, but trying to do more poetry and art study and music together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody and I would really oh, like... Oh, as a family? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, with me and the kids at home, but then Cody really wants to do music nights Okay. as a family. He really wants us to learn like some of the psalms set to music. Okay. And so he... But we're, you know, kind of in a holding pattern right now. Sure. These, <laughs> but, th- these are the dreams. Yes. <laughs> these are the dreams is that we'll have... Uh, he's been doing a really good job with the kids of doing nightly. He got them a poetry book, and we've been going through various Bible story books. So okay. we have a good pattern as a family of reading the Bible together in the evening and then reading a poem together. And we're hoping to add some music mm-hmm. in the coming months. Um, we're also hoping we always have plans for the house, yeah. <laughs> things, additions we would like to build, and we want to turn our shed into an office slash a place where we could host people who mm-hmm. needed a place to stay. But, you know, we'll see what the Lord <laughs> allows yeah. as far as expanding our house. But we're hoping in the coming years to do a lot more camping and traveling outdoor excursions with the kids. Because Cody and I are a little bit more academically minded. We will love to have a debate with you. Mm-hmm. But it, we're not necessarily going to go out and build something. But we really want our kids to be active with their hands as well as their minds. So we are hoping to model that for them yeah. <laughs> in the coming years by stretching ourselves. You did outside. test out camping last year. We really enjoyed it. We you did? Took, yeah. We, Cody and I went, and then we took both of the kids, and then he just took Alexander in the fall. And all three times, it was a blast. And you guys tent camped. Yeah. I mean, you, you really camped. <laughs> I'm just amazed every time I think about it. The first time Cody and I just went for our anniversary last year and it was 30 degrees and I realized that I'm old because (laughs) he was saying, yeah, you know, I didn't sleep that well, but I got some sleep. So I got no sleep and my back is dead. I cannot sleep on the ground. So we got a cot for me because if the old lady is going to go camping, (laughs) I'm going to need a cot. But the kids loved it. They thought it was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. they basically just get to eat marshmallows for dinner. So There you go. What's not to love? What's not to love? <laughs> and then the other thing is Cody and I have agreed to do um, a Tuesday night writing night every week. So because oh. I enjoy writing and he's enjoying kind of pursuing it. And have you started doing this? No, we just okay, <laughs> we okay. just decided last Tuesday okay. that this coming Tuesday we Sweet. were going to do that just after we put the kids to bed, have an hour and a half or two hours where we just kind of work on various writing projects. Because I have always loved writing, but it has been so hard to find the brain space to do it Sure. after having kids. So we just felt like it was important that I try to cultivate some type of creativity there. Whose idea was this? Um, I don't know. We both were just talking about how we wanted to write. And I think I've been really encouraged by other friends who have, like it was encouraging to hear Britt talk about setting a day aside Mm -hmm. to pursue that. And um, Sam and Shane were talking about how they have kind of, yes, the Taylors have kind of scheduled their weeknights to include 
kind of an artistic night where they were pursuing their own art. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, what if we just put it on the calendar? Yeah. Because I love a calendar and a checklist and a color-coded, color-coded. situation. Yes. <laughs> so if I put it on the calendar, we will do it and it will be a blessing. Yeah. But if I don't put it on the calendar, we'll just look at our phones for two hours. Mm-hmm. So, or get into a weird argument about some niche theological topic, which okay. is something Cody and I also enjoy doing. But I'm we excited could <laughs> for you. Yeah. That is really cool. Um, so what kind of writing? Separate um, projects? Yeah. Projects? He wants to write about art, <laughs> yeah. which I will bless him for. Uh, I am not going to write about art. He's so already done that a little bit, right? He has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he just wants to kind of build those muscles. Um, but I enjoy writing like novels and Sometimes I've been doing more poetry the past couple of years because it's easier to find time to do a poem than, mm-hmm. you know, sit down and remember where I was in a novel. But I also just enjoy processing my thoughts through writing. Is like this a, yeah, is there a season where you're journaling? Not a lot. I have definitely done it heavily in the other two postpartum periods. Mm-hmm. So just because I have so many emotions yeah. <laughs> and I need to put them somewhere. Yeah. So it's helpful to put them down in writing and then kind of examine them objectively. Well, you had a very beautiful way of saying some things in your notes. Like I said, one of the things put tears in my eyes immediately. And then you wrote in this section when you jotted down house plans, you wrote something about making a space where the goodness of God (coughs) flows out like water. How did you say it? Something I was like, that is the visual just brought me right to yeah, we, what you were talking well, about. Well, we talked about how we have such a small space, but we want to use it faithfully. Um, and Cody and I have been listening through the Bible Project podcast a lot, and they talk about the Garden of Eden like mm. every episode because they do a lot of tying back to the first few chapters of Genesis. And I think we were just kind of chatting about that, and I had this vision <laughs> of kind of our table being like an Eden a place of retreat Mm -hmm. and delight in God and um, a place where sort of the goodness of God and his mercy and his Mm -hmm. grace just sort of flows out from our table, from Mm -hmm. our house, like living waters. Yeah. That would spill. Our prayer is that, you know, the things that we do in our house are creating space for the kingdom of God to grow and flourish in our block and in our neighborhood. So I don't, I just, I don't know how to word it. Precisely, but I just had this vision of sort of a garden of goodness. Not a swamp. <laughs> Not a swamp. <laughs> a beautiful, cultivated, Eden-style garden that mm-hmm. is flowing God's goodness out into our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, that would be the ultimate plan for our house. Yeah. How we want to use it. So I don't think we talked about sewing it. These are things that you're actually not just dreaming about or desirous of. These are things that you've begun yes. the work of. Um, what have you got? We have begun the work of a baby. <laughs> it is happening. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, yes. So that's probably the biggest thing that's taking up our brain space right now is knowing that probably sometime in the next few weeks, we have a new little person joining us and that will kind of shake our house up. Um, but also... We've been talking a lot about patiently waiting on God's generous timing um, because I... What is generous timing? Um, I think it's a phrase that we probably stole from the Bible project, oh, but okay. just that God gives us, God delights to give us good things, but in his timing, like he knows when we need them. He mm-hmm. knows what we need when we need it. And I have a tendency to think, okay, well, I want this right now. 
I want to have older kids. Mm. I want to have a bigger house. I want to have a garden that is already grown and producing <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> I don't want to wait for it. So I struggle to feel bitter when I have to wait for things that I feel like I should have right now. Mm-hmm. And so we've just been trying to pray that we will trust that God is good and generous and he will give us what we need when we need it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you're probably familiar with the story of Corey Ten Boom. Um, Please share. Okay. <laughs> There's is about kind of a different topic, but she was talking with her father one time and he, he asked her, when do I give you your train ticket? And she said, right before I get on the train. And that is an image that has stuck with me, the idea that God gives us what we need right when we need it. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't give us grace for five years from now today. Okay. Because we need today's <laughs> grace today. And mm-hmm. five years from now, he'll give us what we need. Or even just that he'll give us, like, I want to know right now that my postpartum experience is going to be just delightful, like yeah. a magazine. But I have no way of knowing that until I've experienced each day of it. So trusting that God will give me each day what I need to be faithful to what he's called me to do um, and that he knows he's not stingy with his goodness he's actually so generous yeah but it I don't know it can be hard for me to grasp that when I don't get what I want when I want it Mm -hmm. do you think that you have different goals for yourself than God has I don't know that's a good question I probably (laughs) my goal for myself would to be the most comfortable (laughs) and Mm -hmm the most, um, I think I just want to jump to the point where I've achieved wisdom and like, oh, I'm just a perfect mother who delights in everything now. But I don't actually want to like walk through (laughs) the process that it takes to learn to be a mother that delights in my children or, you know, I don't want to walk through the process of cleaning my house. I just want it to be clean, but I actually have to make a plan and vacuum the baseboards. So I think my Uh, maybe the end goal I would hope I have the same end goal for myself (laughs) that God has for me but I kind of just want to skip all of the things to get there Mm -hmm. oh here's a funny question do you ever think of yourself as Beatrice (laughs) when you're looking at her oh my goodness yeah I there are times she is so loud and wild and I just (laughs) look at her and I think what where did you come from and then I think oh that I'm that's me I'm (laughs) because she's really stubborn and really contrary she's in a phase right now where if you tell her we're outside she'll say not outside just because she has Mm -hmm. to argue with you Mm -hmm. and that is definitely (laughs) do you think your mom is laughing I do oh my goodness yes (laughs) she I think my mom is very enamored with the grandchildren so she finds it delightful but mm-hmm. I, I definitely recognize that Beatrice is probably just me in toddler <laughs> form <laughs> yeah without the social awareness to hide her stubbornness and do you think Alexander is like Cody he's yeah definitely a good mix of both of us mm-hmm. I think both Cody and I can be pretty lost in our heads and imaginations and Alexander falls that way and he sort of tends towards the uh I don't know he just kind of wouldn't actively build something with his hands probably mm-hmm. and would think and dream and read about something but not necessarily have the motion to do it which is something that Cody struggles with a mm-hmm. little bit is like he'll plan something in his mind but then not 
it's like hard to get that inertia, which is funny because I, we meet each other really so well in that team. way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I will think, I want to put a shelf up. I'm very confident that I know how to hang a shelf. <laughs> and then Cody comes home. This has happened multiple times. Okay. I'm like, uh, everyone's fine, but there is glass all over our bedroom floor <laughs> and also a hole in the wall I'm going to need you to fix. <laughs> because I just, without any consideration whatsoever, am like throwing holes in the wall and mm. just being crazy. I've been banned from using the tools and. <laughs> Temporarily, maybe. Yeah. So Cody will actually take the time to measure something and find a stud and Mm -hmm. measure it again and make sure it's right. So that's something I wanted to ask you. You just reminded me because I really delight in how different you and Cody seem on the surface, but how through the years, I feel like you guys have really become, I don't want to say team, but like on the same page in a lot of ways. And, but that's something you've grown in, right? Oh, yeah. We, both like an argument so but we don't fight with each other a lot but we will pick a topic and debate it to the point of nausea so Mm -hmm. we argued a lot about education and I don't that's probably our number one consistent debate or I don't know points of theology or something where we we don't necessarily even disagree in big ways but just we can have really different points of view Mm -hmm. and then I think over the years the Lord has been kind to soften my heart and grow Cody and we're a lot better at having a conversation now that doesn't end in (laughs) insulting each other. Do you feel that way with him being on the same page? Yeah there's a lot of areas we're a lot more on the same page now Um, and some of it is just because we've had experiences together so Mm -hmm. we've grown a lot you know he's had to put up with (laughs) with a lot for me especially in the kind of postpartum up and downs um, and it, as I'm kind of fumbling through learning how to do all the things that I do mm-hmm. and I don't know, we, I feel like we're a lot more unified on a lot of things, mm-hmm. which is helpful. Yeah. Is that, would that even be part of like maybe something you want to share in the weeding section is God has moved you from, um, and not in any cliche way, like more a spirit of independent woman to someone who actually is unified to mm. someone else. Yes, that has been, I guess, well, like I said, my brain is very taken over by baby right now, but Mm -hmm. that's been a big journey for us is for me going to just an excessively independent person. I mean, because I was living by myself in a foreign country Mm -hmm. and hopping on a plane to who knows where whenever I wanted to. And then, yeah, to be in one small house with one person (laughs) was a big change. And I definitely chafe against, um, I would intellectually affirm a call to submission, mm-hmm. but practically <laughs> I would like to argue until Cody just agrees with me. So then it's really easy to submit because he just does the thing I want him to do. Mm-hmm. So, but he's a very strong person yeah. and is not easily twisted by me. <laughs> yeah. So that has been a, such a blessing from God. Um, that he will stand firm in his convictions and he's not super he doesn't have a lot of upheaval if I'm chafing against sort of his leadership there hasn't been too many areas it's not like every day we have an argument about something but some of the big things like staying at home and homeschooling have been areas where I've just had to say okay well this is what you're telling me that we're gonna do so we're gonna do it but Mm -hmm. I don't know we'll just have to pray through it um but it's been, yeah, I think 
my heart, if I stop and think about it, my heart has softened and learned not perfectly uh, because I think my tendency when I get upset is to still say, oh, well, I didn't need this anyhow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can just go do my own thing. But overall, my heart has really softened to respecting his leadership and respecting the call that God has put on him. Yeah. Even if I don't understand it and yeah. just being able to say, okay, well, God is clearly moving in your heart. So I guess that means <laughs> God yeah. is going to move in my heart too. And I'll trust that the Lord will deal with me. He'll wrestle my heart into joy mm-hmm. as I step in obedience. Um, so I yes. love that you just used the word respect because I remember sometimes you, <clears throat> do you feel this way? You've read maybe a verse a hundred times and then read it for the hundred and first time. You're like, oh, I, that hit me in a different way. And that verse about respecting your husband, wherever it is, maybe Ephesians. But I remember not too long ago that it like jolted me and I'm like, oh, I need to make this a actual category in my brain. And think about what that word actually means. Yeah. And because it is um, a verb. <laughs> so I shouldn't just assume that I'm doing it, you know. So that started a prayer in me. <laughs> Teach me what this means, Lord. Um, anyway, so what are some answered prayers, um, victories, everyday graces, and um, just displays of, or the realities, I guess, of God's faithfulness that you'd like to share? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing I put was growing in relationships with people and by humbly receiving the things that God has put before me instead of trying to like grasp for something else. So even something like the Bible study that I've been involved with, with my community group, um, it's been such a blessing to have these ladies come together every couple of weeks and just talk about the Bible and encourage each other. And it's not been, it's truly been like a time of encouragement in scripture. And I've been really thankful to just learn more about these women and where they're at. And um, it's been really exciting to hear people have questions about the scripture and Mm -hmm. diving in and figuring out what is God, who is God, what is he teaching us? And that has been really exciting. And um, yeah, I think also stemming from humility, reading books or talking to people, listening to podcasts that I would have never otherwise done like one example was coming to your teaching from rest night okay over the summer i would have never <laughs> done that because my initial you didn't thought, look very happy when you first got there well, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. sometimes that is just my face i'm working on it but you were such a blessing to well, have there at the same time yeah it's interesting because my initial thought is like well i already know how to teach and i don't need to hear from like or not that you're a random woman but sure. I don't need to hear from some random woman's book about teaching because I already know how to do that and I'm great at it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like actually I do not know how to teach a kindergartner because I tried she's like do you want to write an essay <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't know how to write oh that's a problem <laughs> so <laughs> trying to figure out okay well, how do I instill joy in Alexander and not mm. just kill his love mm-hmm. of learning before it even starts mm-hmm. because I was you know I think my temptation towards pride would probably make have made it a really miserable year mm-hmm. if I didn't just say okay Lord Laura is doing this and she has been homeschooling three kids and they are alive <laughs> <laughs> they're doing great 
<laughs> so what if I just what if I just went and listened to someone talk and receive tumbly? Yeah. And it ended up being a huge blessing and helped me a lot kind of reframe my perspective on what it could look like to homeschool and what it might mean to not kill our whole family <laughs> to achieve this kind of vision of a type of schooling that I would prefer, but to actually teach the child that God gave me and the home yeah. that God gave me and the community that he gave me. Um, in this season that you're in. Yeah. So that was a huge blessing. Can you talk, go back, rewind a little bit, because you mentioned it and then you moved past it. You okay. said something about relationships. Mm-hmm. So you're saying something maybe has shifted in the way that you've had relationships? Yes. So we had, uh, we changed community groups two years ago. And that's always hard because you're, you know, kind of pulling out of an area of deep roots and trying to um, reroute your little relationship saplings (laughs) with a new group of 30 people and figure them all out. And um, I don't know, I sort of realized I was pretty grumpy (laughs) and I was grumpy about people sort of not loving me the way I thought they ought to love me maybe. And so Mm. I think the Lord really convicted me of like not demanding that people be where they aren't like but celebrating Christ has all of these people here where he has them and I can celebrate the work God is doing in their lives right now Mm -hmm. and not be frustrated that they aren't where I think they should be or something Um, but I think I sort of realized I was not loving people (laughs) very well I was not loving people in a way that Christ loves them I wanted to love people in a way that I don't know I felt like well, this is how you should receive love without actually praying about the individual person. So I think humbly listening to other people has let me hopefully, prayerfully love them better and grown relationships deeper with surprising people or people that I wouldn't have. Really? Yeah, people that I wouldn't. I mean, that's happened consistently over the past 10 years as people that I initially would have thought, oh, I would never be friends with this person. Not Mm -hmm. because I actively hated them, but just (laughs) because we wouldn't see the obvious similarities maybe. Yeah, are now dear friends because we have so much in common when we have Christ in common. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think a big growth in this year has been trying to love people in a way that they can actually receive Christ's love, not demand that they do something specific that I just want them to do. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, you had another curious statement in, um, <laughs> not curious, but, but you had a, another sort of poetic um, phrasing in your notes. And can you please tell me about this empty basket that you oh, have? Yes, I, because it's under the section of harvesting. And I was really trying to think, what are we actually <laughs> harvesting in our life? And because we're in such a kind of distinct season of being on the precipice of change. Mm-hmm. I put that harvesting looks like an empty basket waiting on the ripe fruit and trusting it will come in God's generous timing. So I literally just bought a new laundry basket last week because <laughs> my children <laughs> broke my previous one. <laughs> so I had a empty basket sitting there and I was just thinking about, you know, being in an orchard, I guess, and knowing like the apples are coming. Mm-hmm. They're not ready yet, but I want to be ready when they're ready. So you got to your receive them so you have an empty basket mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not an empty basket of grief it's like an empty basket of hope that you're 
trusting, okay, when the apples come, this basket's going to be full to the brim and we'll get to enjoy them or whatever it is. So I think that's how we're trying to see the next little season of life is waiting with hope that God will fill our basket with good things. Mm -hmm. And we might not, I don't know, we might not understand until later what all the goodness was that he filled our basket with. But we're trusting that we will be harvesting delicious things in the next year. Praise the Lord. I am so thankful for everything that you shared and I'm very blessed by it. And I'm very grateful to be your friend. And I cannot wait to meet little man really soon. (laughs) (laughs) So would you close us out, Carissa, with what you've brought? I actually think you're the first person where I I have no idea what you're bringing. Okay. Well, I have. You're singing, right? Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I love singing, but it's a joyful noise to the Lord. It is. (laughs) It's not an in-tune noise, which is totally fine. I will not be singing today. Okay. So unless, what are you doing? Unless the spirit moves. We'll see. <laughs> I, I like that attitude. Yeah. I uh, I wrote, I guess, a meditation because I was thinking about our theme okay. of gardening. And that's actually, unbeknownst to you, been a very, um, after reading the Andrew Peterson book, I felt like gardening was coming up all the time. And the Lord was just really calling me to meditate on what it means that he's sowing in our lives and you know scripture talks a ton about harvesting and so anyhow that's just been a thematic element in my life in the past year so I wrote about that all right okay a year or so ago I was imagining what it might feel like to be a seed torn from my cozy little package and exposed to the sun shoved into the dirt buried and left in the dark and then to add insult to injury drowned and left for dead (laughs) This silly picture resonated with me so deeply as to how I felt during my past two postpartum periods, forced out of my cozy and in-control life, buried alive, drowned, and left to die in a deep, exhausting season of depression, anxiety, psychosis, confusion, and doubt. The temptation I have is towards bitterness. Why would God allow me to be here? Couldn't he have cast me onto some rocky soil where I enjoyed the sunshine or into some weeds where I had some fun plant friends to hang out with? (laughs) Yet, even as I want to bitterly cling to this perceived injustice, I realized it is precisely this death that leads to fruit. Only through this death will the plant do what the plant was made to do. I then tried to imagine what it is like to be the gardener. The seed left in its cozy little package will never amount to anything. If it is to become a tomato or a myrtle tree, it has to leave the package. While the seed rests in darkness, the sun does continue to shine. The seed can't see the sun, but the gardener can. The gardener knows that the sun will work, calling the plant out of its hard shell and upward towards the air. The seed, left buried but not drowned, will never germinate. It needs the water. Even as the water covers it and maybe even shifts it around in its dark grave, the water is what calls forth the little sprout, which will stretch toward the invisible sunlight as the days grow warmer. The gardener knows that the seed has not been abandoned for dead. It must die, yes, but it is a death and rebirth at the same time. The gardener doesn't abandon the seed, he tends to it. The seed is not killed, it is baptized. The gardener knows where to plant his seeds. The seed on the rocky soil might enjoy the warmth of the bright sun until the sun turns harsh and kills its roots. 
The seed who finds itself amongst the weeds might appreciate the company until it is choked out and never shares its fruit. The gardener doesn't plant his seeds in these places, but rather in a deftly prepared bed of dirt, rich in nutrients and covered by the sun. What I have learned, hopefully, (laughs) and try to meditate on is that what feels like death might actually be life. What feels like abandonment might be care. It is not the way I would have done it, but I am not an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful God who knows the best way to grow fruit. I may never know why exactly my brain has given up postpartum, but I can know that God is good. He loves me, adopted me, and continues to tend and care for me. So if I find myself again buried in a dark garden bed, may I call this to mind and have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. His faithfulness is great. Perhaps Jesus is at work in the darkness of my heart, tilling and sowing and watering so that he might produce in me good fruit. May I wait patiently for it. Though it lingers, it will surely come. His word and work will not return void, but will accomplish his purpose. May we go out with joy and be led in peace, savoring the juniper and myrtle as a memorial to the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in the local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.